Now this, our scripture this morning comes from Isaiah 9, chapter, uh, verse 2 and then verse 5 through 7. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Is really Merry Christmas? Nowadays, is really Merry Christmas? You know, sometimes it is so confusing that Christmas is no longer a Christian holiday. It is the biggest, I think, it's the biggest, the biggest secular holiday all over the world, right? Everybody celebrates Christmas, maybe without Christ. As a matter of fact, December 25th was not a Christian holiday and was not the birthday of Christ. The fact is no one knows when Christ was born. In 480, Roman Emperor changed pagan festival called Zetnalia which they worshipped the sun god, the pagan, the sun god, they called Sol Invictus, on the winter solstice. At the time, most of the Romans were Christians, but they could not, they didn't want to give up their traditions the pagan celebration. So they embraced, Roman Empire, Empire, Empire embraced the pagan celebration, festival, into Christian festival. You know, like Celtic festival, Samhain, into Halloween. But Saturnalia was nothing about Christ but eating and drinking and being merry. And we know Christmas tree also was not from Christian tradition. It came from ancient European beliefs that evergreen brings life back to earth and keep away evil spirits and illness and bad luck. So they decorated their house with pine and fir trees and mistletoes. And eventually Christian, many German Christians embraced into Christmas. So many, maybe if you know in the history, the many Puritans, 
they didn't like that, so they were very hostile about Christmas tree until 19th centuries. But the reality is the church had to either suppress or conform, embrace the pagan cultures as they spread the gospel. But obviously, Christmas has been degenerated into worldly ways today. I mean, it's okay. Rudolph the reindeer, you know, shopping and giving, you know, everything, ornaments. Nothing from Christian culture. But it's okay. We can embrace secular tradition into Christians. But what if we forget why Jesus was born? When the whole world excludes and denies Jesus Christ over the Christmas. You know, the Christmas means the worship Christ, Christ Mass. Worship Christ. But nobody worship Christ over the Christmas. What should we do as a church? What should we do? We believe Christ is our eternal Savior. It's still Merry Christmas for us. So over this Lent, I mean Advent, I'm sorry. Over this Advent season, I will share with you messages from a book called Hidden Christmas, written by uh, Timothy Keller, his Presbyterian pastor in New York. And he claims there are surprising truths had been hidden behind the Christmas. So let's find out what has been hidden behind the Christmas. The first surprising fact, the truth is, why? No one knows the answer. Why Jesus was born to us? Yes, we should know. To bring peace down on earth. Right? To die for our sin. But let's really think about it. Christ, Jesus Christ, still available or eligible today? Yeah, maybe 2,000 years ago that happened. But what about today? Is it really Christ is the Savior and Messiah for us? Do you really think someone like Jesus can bring peace on earth and save us from whatever we're dealing with? I hope Jesus Christ and this pandemic fix our problem with this pandemic variants and all that, you know, and the violence of this world, the economy of this world, inflation of this world, the cancer we're dealing with. 
depression over millions and millions of people, and low self-esteem of young people, drug issues and addiction issues, and many broken relationships we're dealing with. Can Jesus, our Christ, can fix that? In fact, Isaiah, prophet Isaiah, about five centuries before Jesus was born, he prophesied about Christ. And he hoped, very similar desires we today's people have. He said, the people who walked in darkness has been, has seen, have seen a great light. You know, he talks about, in verse 1, he talks about the people are people of Zebulun, Naphtali, and Galilee. It's north of uh, Israel today, northern region. Where the Assyrian army just swept over and devastated the whole region by invasion. So many people were killed. So many people were still in terror. And horror of the war and evil of the Assyrian army. They were so poor and hungry. So the people of Israel waited for Messiah who would deliver them from this hand of the powerful enemies. But God had been silent done nothing for the next five centuries since Isaiah spoke about these things. Yes, there are many Messiah people, group of people claim they're, oh, I'm the Messiah and try to defend their people, Israel, from other empires. But they failed. All of them failed. And finally, Jesus came, but without power, Without money, without solution, without authority, even without army, like many other Messiah people claim. But he was born on a manger. <laughs> and he grew up in a poor family and poor area called Nazareth. He just never ever became rich or powerful, right? We know that. And technically, Jesus was a homeless man during his ministry. He was homeless, right? He was homeless. He was helpless. How come we consider Jesus Christ? As a Messiah, we'll rescue people from the powerful empires. What about today? Is he just Christ for us? So who thinks Jesus can save us from our problem today? So even back then, they had a problem with the Roman Empire. So nobody think that Jesus would save, save, deliver them from hands of the Roman Empire. So they rejected Jesus. 
and even killed Jesus. What can we expect from Jesus today then? What's different today's people and back then Jesus' time? This is so obvious. The world today do not welcome Jesus as Savior. Somehow the people in the world have a mysterious confidence in themselves. Tim Keller quoted this ad on the New York Times. It says, The meaning of Christmas is that love will triumph and that we will be able to put together a world of unity and peace. Right? Very positive signs out there, right? The people in darkness, the people we are in darkness, right? Somehow, people claim they have light, they have a power in themselves. We can do it. So they can dispel the darkness out of the world. They can overcome the poverty, injustice, and violence, and evil whatsoever. They can do it. People think they can do it. Somehow they have this weird confidence in them. Obviously without Jesus Christ. Without Jesus Christ. And they say... We don't need Jesus. What really matters is live a good life. Really? Haven't we tried live a good life since the beginning of history? Barclay Havel, he was the first president for Czech Republic. So he did contribute a lot, the transition from communism to uh, democracy. Very peaceful transition Czech Republic uh, had uh, over this time. And he said this, the pursuit of the good life will not help humanity save itself, nor is democracy alone enough. A turning to and seeking of God is needed. The human race constantly forgets he is not God. Even this president, Hebel, could bring peace for transition from communism into democracy. He confessed We can't do it. We have to turn to God. You know, many religions say the similar thing. They said, you do that, you do that, you do that. You keep doing that. Then it will lead you to eternal life. Good life. 
the rewarded life. And many atheists and agnostics say the same thing. Live a good life. That all matters. Why do you need to go to church? You live a good life. And they call many Christians a hypocrite. You go to church, but you don't live a good life. They said live a good life. That matters. Only matters. We don't need to rely on someone like Jesus doing nothing for our problem. I mean, can we live a good life? What's a good life? Just doing good to other people? What about our brokenness, our own infirmities, our, our vulnerability to our disease and our you know, finance and everything? What can we do about it? No matter what we do our best, we can get out of our, dark, our brokenness. The Bible calls it sin, but it is brokenness. Your cancer, my broken relationship, my addiction. Can we live a good life? And is that enough? But Jesus said, Who brought nothing, no power, no money, no authority? But Jesus said, I am the way and the life and, and the truth. But the world never got it. They never got it. Right? What do you mean, Jesus? You are the way and the truth and life. And John said in his gospel, In him was life, and the life was the light of man. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. See? John points out that even the light is in the world of darkness, but darkness, the people in darkness do not perceive this light somehow. I mean, even it is so true that, isn't it? Darkness cannot overcome light, right? The light overcomes the darkness. But people still will say, if Jesus can fix my problem, what is the whole point of Jesus was born to us? But Tim Keller says this, the Christian, Christmas is the most unsentimental, realistic way of looking at life. The message of Christianity is things really are this bad and we can heal or save ourselves. Things are really this dark. Nevertheless, there is hope. Since the world is walking in dark, deep darkness, so people can't perceive what is the real problem. All these millions of lives over the Christmas, or whatever, the strength and power of our economy, our country, they don't see the darkness. Even though they continuously complaining. So they cannot perceive who they are, what condition they are, 
What is the real and eternal problem they have? They don't really care for eternal, eternity. In fact, many people really care. The life of the death. Many people really care. Somehow. Interesting. Right? You know, in the light of Jesus, we know our economy is, is not our problem. The pandemic is not our problem. The gas price is not our problem. Our problem is Jesus came and we are in the great light. But many people, even many some Christians, some Christians still walking in great darkness. That is a problem. Amen. Amen. We're a child of God. We're glorious people. We're victorious people. But people do not live in that spirit or confidence or promise or even faith. Isn't it? It seems that the, the power of this darkness You know, finance problem, broken relationship, you know, my illness, paying my bills, whatever. We just feel the weight of that gravity. The world still walking in darkness. Why? So Isaiah, Isaiah introduced Christ, Messiah, in four different ways. Maybe you all know this. But first, Isaiah said, Messiah, Jesus Christ, is the mighty God. Mighty God. In Hebrew, called El Gibor, God, the great hero. God, the superhero. How Jesus is a superhero, right? Such a helpless, was born on a manger, since doing nothing for us, nothing for my, you know, my finance or whatever, my illness. How come we think Jesus is the superhero? Because Jesus, who was in heavenly realm, the God himself, Far, far away. Right? We don't even know how far away. From there, Jesus traveled infinite distance to us. We don't know what it took for him. What cause of that travel. He came to us this infinite distance and to a humble manger, which shows us our reality. Our true condition, right? Look at ourselves. This invisible virus, what can do to the entire world, economy and everything, right? This invisible virus, bacteria, can do amazing things. How vulnerable we are to this Disease, the fear. That's who we are. The manger just show us our true condition. We are helpless. 
lonely in the vast universe, clueless in this vast universe. But now Jesus emptied himself to be like us. Let us know who we are. That's what we call Emmanuel. God is with us. Emmanuel God. So now Christ lives in us because we are crucified with him. So we are no longer mortal, but we are eternal in Christ. So Jesus is the God superhero. Amen. In darkness, people don't see that Jesus is superhero. They don't even know from what they need to be rescued. They don't know. They just want to pay my bill. Have a good pension program. Have a good health insurance. They don't know. So Isaiah also said, Jesus is the everlasting father. It means of a king. In ancient time, everlasting father, they considered their king as a father who protect them and you know, they have a sovereignty over them. But Jesus is not, was not like those earthly kings we know, right? Jesus was not. You know, earthly king, the worldly king even today, the leaders of our world today, are they really everlasting father to us? Earthly king, they, they, they reign over us for their glory, for their interest, for their welfare. Isn't it? What kind of president or prime minister willing to sacrifice himself for the, his people? Have you ever seen any leaders doing like that recently? Kings of the world are willing to desert his people, even oppress people for their interest. But our king, our everlasting father, would never suffer us but willingly took the eternal curse, the penalty, eternal death, and gave us the new life, and even let us be the co-heirs of the kingdom of God. Like last week I said, Jesus came to serve us, he reigns from under, not over. Jesus serve us, washing our feet, put himself the lowest, empty himself the lowest. That's how Jesus, even obedient to the point of death on the cross. I mean, between God and us, for God taking the sin 
We can't imagine how more, much more difficult to do that. For being God, taking the sin of ours. But He did that. That's how He showed He is the everlasting Father. And Isaiah also introduced Jesus Messiah as the wonderful counselor. How Jesus is a wonderful counselor. Maybe some people say, I don't even know his phone number. You know, how can I schedule my appointment? You know, this wonderful counselor, where he is, I don't even know. Because Isaiah said, wonderful counselor, because his incarnation, incarnation, he became available for us, even, even became just like us. And even the lowest condition to welcome us. Right? Everyone is accepted. Everyone is welcome. You don't need health insurance when you go to the counselor of Jesus Christ. Right? There's no copay. There's nothing out of your pocket. Jesus welcome everyone. This intimate Jesus is now with us in the Holy Spirit and who teaches us all things, brings us remembrance, all Jesus said. So now we know, we suppose we know, the weakness is strength, the surrender is a victory, and the death is life. Amen. Then we know what is true in the light. And we know, we see the great light. When we can do that, when we confess and live like that, my weakness is strength. My surrender is a victory. My death is a life. And Jesus is also the Prince of Peace. How come? Jesus was born in a manger. He was a homeless person. How come Jesus is the Prince of Peace? You know, we don't do that here, but you know, Jewish people always shalom. Peace. They want peace. They want peace. This people been invaded afflicted by so many empires over and over, right? So they were desperate for peace. We need peace, right? Financial peace, right? Our health peace, relationship peace, many peace we, we need. How come Jesus this poor man is the prince of peace. Because Jesus is a peaceful prince, king, who refused the use of the brutal power, oppressing authority like the world. Right? Jesus reigns with us, reigns over us, under us, from under. 
And Jesus defeats the evil by crucifying himself and made possible reconciliation between God and man, people. Without cost, right? It's not about you do, do, do that, do that, do that, and keep doing that. Being moral person and ethically perfect person. There's any requirement for this reconciliation. No, Jesus just solely died on the cross without asking us. Even when we were yet sinners. Right? Even today, oftentimes we rebellious against God, against Jesus. Do not listen to God. But still, Jesus made this reconciliation. And we know His victory. We know the end of the game. The victory, eternal victory. So, we must give up our power and rest against others. To forgive others. Forgiving others, oh yeah, I forgive you. Forgiving others means forgiving their sin. Their brokenness. If they are hungry, then feed them. If they are lonely, then be with them. If they are despair, then encourage them. That's what we forgive. Not just, I forgive you. In Isaiah 53, it said, He was pierced, the Messiah. For our transgression, He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. There is no like God. There is none like this God. No. Because the power of sin unable us to understand. So all other religions of the world make sense. Oh yeah, oh yeah, makes sense. But Christianity doesn't make sense. But who's responsibility? Who's responsible? And on what basis you you think you go to heaven and I go to hell? Hmm? I do more charity than you. I volunteer more more than you. You you Christian. I give more. I'm more morally right and good person, nice person. How come you are forgiven? But through being pierced and crushed, Jesus healed us. Sisters and brothers of Christ, sisters and brothers of Christ Mass, Christmas. Christmas is about giving presents to one another. And we know, at least for Christmas, we know Jesus gave us Himself as a gift. 
Then what about Jesus? Have you ever given Jesus something on his birthday? On this Christmas, what can we give to Jesus? You can do Amazon. You don't know the address of Jesus, right? How can we give Jesus? John said in his letter, 1 John chapter 1, 6, 7, it says, If we say we have fellowship with him, in other words, when we receive Jesus, living with Jesus, this Emmanuel Jesus, while we walk in darkness, obviously we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sins. This is a give glory to God. This is a present to God. When we walk in the light. We must walk in the light, Jesus Christ. It means we can see the truth in the world. The poor and needy and lonely and hurt and pain and despair, we must see them. We must see them behind these million lights, Christmas lights. All the advertisements and sales, all that. Our busy, hectic schedule over the Christmas. Make try to people happy. We must see the truth of the world. People in darkness. And we must see them and be with them and have fellowship with them. You know, it's not only homeless shelter you can find those people in darkness. You can find your friends, your neighbors, in your own family. You know. Some of in your family members in darkness. They don't know what they need. Isn't it? How hard nowadays talking about religion over the dinner table. Right? But we have to do it. We have to be with them and talk to them. That is how we give the gift of glory and praise and honor to Jesus. Of course, it's not only Christmas season. All year long, all our life. So this is it. If we send the great light, then we must walk in the light. Even we send the great light and if we walk in the darkness, obviously we haven't seen the light. If we walk in the light, the truth won't be hidden beyond the Christmas. Then we have a Merry Christmas. Let's have a merry, merry Christmas. Amen.